Hello there, and welcome to Ramcast, a Star Wars episode. I'm your host, Ryan Mathers, aka Matrai Toka. And uh, we've got a fantastic episode ahead of us today because we are talking about probably one of my favorite characters in all of Star Wars, and definitely my favorite TV show that they have done in the Disney era, or with this new Disney Plus era, I should say, and it is the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Tika, if you're going to steal my parts, could you at least clean them before selling them back to me? As a courtesy. Oh man, I I love Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's he's the absolute best. And when I was doing these accents and whatever, it made me think of this very, very funny thing that, that's always tickled me and I've always loved it. And it's from Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds. And I've spoken about it before, but if you don't know what it is, it, it's basically Age of Empires 2, Star Wars. You, and it got released and it's a fantastic game. It's just so much fun. So if you're into Age of Empires and you like Star Wars, that's what it is. But the, the funny thing is, in the game, uh, so obviously you get some characters from the movies and whatever, and you get uh, episode one, Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, who you can use in the scenario editor and what have you. And what they did is they did a very interesting voice acting choice with young episode one, Obi-Wan Kenobi, because... They wanted to go for voice artists who sounded like Ewan McGregor, but Scottish Ewan McGregor. Not at all how Ewan McGregor sounds as Obi-Wan Kenobi in episode one. So you get this kind of weird (laughs) Scottish Obi-Wan Kenobi who's got a little bit of Sean Connery going on there. So, you know, you'll, you'll click on him and you'll just hear... Obi-Wan Kenobi standing by. <laughs> and it, I've always loved it. And like when you try to, you know, direct him to attack another character, he's like, I feel it also, master. <laughs> it's it's fantastic. It's so, so good. And then they also carried this on for um, his episode two version, which they call Master Kenobi. <laughs> it's where you'll click on him and he'll say to you, you haven't learned anything. He wasn't quite as pervy as I put it in my voice there, but it's still classic. Anyway, I digress. Uh, like I said on today's show, we're chatting about all things Obi-Wan, particularly about the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. But before we go into that, I would like to bring a new segment to the show, which I am calling The Light Side. And what I mean by The Light Side is on the main Ramcast channel, we have something called uh, The Best of the Week which is where I look back at the week and I try find a, a ray of hope or a, a positive thing that happened to me in the week. And that is the best thing that's happening to me that week. And that's something that I hold on to. And I wanted to do a similar thing with the Star Wars episodes here at Ramcast, where we're going to call it the light side, where we look at something that gives us hope and warms our souls And just, you know, brings joy. And that's what the light side is, this segment at least. And, you know, I I will say mine every episode, but I would love to hear your guys' light side. Or maybe your dark side as well, who knows. But I really want to hear the light side. What's going on with you? What are you happy about? Send it to me. I would love to hear about it. But this week's light side has got to go to the fact that the SAG-AFTRA strike is officially over. 
and this is huge news for Star Wars Land. Obviously, uh, a little while back, the WGA Writers Guilds of America strike ended, and these two strikes were running at the same time, and it, it basically ground Hollywood to a standstill. Nobody was working and what have you. And the main thing with these strikes as well is you were encouraged if you were part of SAG-AFTRA or if you were supporting the strike to not promote work of a struck company. And one of the struck companies was, of course, Disney, with the others being Netflix and Warner Brothers and X, Y, and Z. So a lot of the stars and, you know, like, especially with Ahsoka, because Ahsoka came out during this this SAG and WGA strike, none of the stars could really promote the shows. And it's sad and a lot of the podcasts and places that i love to get my star wars information from and hear about their opinions they couldn't talk about it because they were supporting the strike and they didn't want to promote the work of a struck company so you know it, it I, as i supported the actors but it was bittersweet because i wanted my um my Star Wars buddies back. And this is why I'm so happy about the the SAG strike being over because it means my favorite podcasters can come back. Like uh, Olden Dears at Akhto Radio and um, uh, Jennifer and Joseph and and Ken from Four Center. I cannot wait to hear their opinions about, you know, the new Star Wars books that have been coming out, the Soka series, everything. So that's what I'm all about. And also there was a funny thing that happened. So while, you know, I wanted them to promote Star Wars and that type of stuff and hear their opinions, you know, the podcasters and um, the actors, there was a very funny thing that happened with Ewan McGregor where he was at New York Comic Con and they obviously could not ask him questions about Star Wars or anything of that nature. So they asked him everyday life questions and this and that. And one of the fantastic things that he spoke about there is how he makes a cup of tea. And I listened to Ewan's story of how you're supposed to make a good cup of tea. And it's basically you use a ceramic pot, you preheat the pot, before you put the hot water in, so you put in a little bit of hot water, you swirl it around, chuck that out, then you put the tea bag in, then the hot water, then it's got to brew for at least three minutes. And then apparently, this is a Scottish thing that he says, you put in the milk first in the cup, and then the tea, you pour the tea in. Uh, I don't know about that, Ewan. I, uh, I asked my friend in, uh, in France, who's uh, an absolute tea snob, and uh, he did not appreciate that. But yeah, anyway, that is the light side of the week. The SAG after strike is officially over. Utini! Now we're going to go into uh, another segment, which I'm bringing in. We're doing all new things here at Ramcast, the Star Wars episode. Uh, and it's we're going to be doing two Star Wars questions from listeners. And this week, we've got uh, two questions, one from Terence and one from Richard. So let's kick it off. So Terence would like to know, if Satine Kreese had survived the Clone Wars, how different would Obi-Wan's life have turned out? Thank you very much for the question, Terence. And this is an interesting head-scratcher what-if one. Uh, if you don't know, Satine Kreese is the sister of Bo-Katan Kreese, who appeared in The Mandalorian, played by Katie Sackhoff. And Satine Kreese was the 
pacifist ruler of um, Mandalore during the Clone Wars. And uh, she was eventually killed. Oh, and she was also, I should say, a love interest of Obi-Wan's when he was a Padawan. They had a mission together and they fell in love and he almost left the Order because of his love for Satine Kreese. Um, but he didn't and she went on to become the the ruler of Mandalore and she is killed in front of Obi-Wan as a uh, act of revenge by Maul who wants to drive Obi-Wan to the dark side but it doesn't because Obi-Wan's a beast but uh, yeah Terrence so if Satine had not died what would have happened now if she had lived I can tell you right now that Obi-Wan wouldn't have given up his role in the Jedi Order and gone on a uh, a life with Satine. Uh, the reason for that is because Obi Wan is the poster boy of the Jedi. He's the company man. He's pretty much the ultimate Jedi in terms of he sticks to the doctrine. He he does waver in his faith, which we're going to get into with the Obi Wan Kenobi series, but he comes back. And he he is, in my opinion, the, the ultimate Jedi that's existed. Never even flirted with the dark side. Wasn't even part of his vocabulary. Yeah, he's just he's just the best, old Obi-Wan. So I don't think anything of would have happened there. There would have definitely been an interesting repercussion for Mandalore. I don't know if Maul would have taken hold of Mandalore itself. Uh, which would have led to the siege of Mandalore, which Oka, which Ahsoka is involved with. But that also brings in an interesting, you know, what if a kind of, you know, like knock on domino effect of if Ahsoka was near Anakin during the events of episode three, would he have fallen to the dark side? Could she have talked him away from it? I don't think so, because not even Padme could. But uh, it's an interesting what if. Now... Another interesting way of looking at this is what if Obi-Wan had gone off on a romantic relationship with Satine and had left the Jedi Order? What effect would that have had on Anakin? Because Anakin then would have felt that he was comfortable enough to talk to Obi-Wan about his marriage with um, Padme. And maybe with his premonitions and everything, he wouldn't have fallen to the dark side because he would have had somebody to confide in with Obi-Wan. So it's an interesting what if. It's a head scratcher. Mr. Terrence, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. But uh, yeah, that's it. Our next question comes from uh, Richard. And uh, he's... This is a great one. He asks, My question would be, As a complete Star Wars noob who is interested in getting started with it, where do I start? Movies, TV shows, books, etc.? It's very intimidating. Thanks for the question, young Richard. And we get this a lot as Star Wars fans. And we talk about this a lot as Star Wars fans. Like, where do you start? How do you introduce somebody new to the franchise? Blah, 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 blah. And my way of looking at this or my suggestion is always to start with the films. And always, if it's your first time, watch them in release order. So go do four, five, six then one, two, three, then seven, eight, nine. And I know that sounds completely wacky, but trust me, it works because you can see the progression of the films because it can be a little jarring going from episode three to episode four because, you know, one's made in 2005 and the other one's made in 
uh, excuse me, God, bad Star Wars fan, 2003, and the other one's made in uh, 1977. So, yeah, there's some fundamental differences there. But, so yeah, I would go watch the movies in order, in release order, then go to the TV shows. So go to the new Disney Plus shows like Mandalorian and um, Ahsoka and or Obi-Wan Kenobi, that type of thing. Because they, while they've got a couple of episodes inside of them, normally between six and eight, they, they're quite easy to digest and to get into and to get through. As opposed to what I would say after you do that, and if your interest is still there, to go into the animated shows like Clone Wars and Rebels, because there's a lot there. There's a lot. Uh, Clone Wars is seven seasons. Rebels is is four seasons. And, I mean, there's 75 episodes in um, Rebels, which are, you know, like 20 minutes long. And in Clone Wars, there are... 133 episodes that are 20 minutes long. And let me tell you, that takes time to get through, brother. That takes time. I've done it. I've done it. And uh, so, yeah. And then if you get through the animated stuff, then go for the books and go for the literature because there's there's a gold mine inside Clone Wars and Rebels. But when you really get into the heart of the characters and when you you feel like you're inside their heads is obviously with the novels and the books and I love them to death. So yeah, that would be my advice to you. Go down that route and uh, that's the best. Then once you've experienced Star Wars and you've kind of got through everything, I highly recommend that you sit down and you take like half a year off (laughs) from life and work and everything and uh, you do a chronological watch of Star Wars from episode one, and then you just go through one, two, Clone Wars, three, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Sorry, I don't have the list in front of me. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head, but you get the idea. Then four, five, six, Mandalorian and everything in between. But watch it in chronological canon order, and it is an absolute treat. I love it so much. I did it um, before episode nine came out. Me and a bunch of buddies sat down and got through it, and I think it took us about two months. Or I think actually maybe longer. And it's when you get to Clone Wars, you've got to graph through it. You've got to do like four episodes a day. But I, I highly recommend it. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. So yeah, that's our, uh, our two questions for today. If you'd like to send your questions in, come find me on uh, Instagram or Facebook. Facebook is Ryan Mathers. You'll see me uh, squatting there next to R2D2 as my profile pic. Just come say hazard, shoot me a DM or a message on one of my posts, whatever you want a comment, doesn't matter. Put your question there. Same thing. Come find me on Instagram. I'm at Uncle Ram ZA. And uh, yeah, let me know um, what you'd like to ask me. Ask me some Star Wars questions, man. I love this stuff. It's the way forward. So yeah, next up, we're going to go into the uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi show, but we're going to take a quick little break and I will catch you after this. See you now. Our worst fears have been realized. Somehow, Ryan has returned. (laughs) Hello there! 
Welcome back to the uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi series breakdown. And it's not quite a breakdown. It's not quite a deep dive, if you will. The way I'm looking at this and the way I'm wanting to do this, where I'm, you know, talking about TV shows or talking about a character or a certain film, whatever it may be in Star Wars, where there's a little bit of analysis or discussion involved, is I'd like to imagine... You and I are sitting at the cantina in Moss Eisley. And we've got our blue milk going there. We're chugging it back. And I'm just having a nice discussion. And I'm just telling you about this show that I'm extremely passionate about and why I'm passionate about it. So it's not going to be a complete breakdown, bit by bit, Easter egg analysis or anything of that nature. There's so many other podcasts that will do that much better than I can ever do that. I tried to do it. I experimented a little bit with it. It's not my vibe, unfortunately. This is more my vibe, kind of casual talking and what have you. So if you'd like really deep analysis of um, one of these shows or one of these films or the characters or anything or Easter eggs of that nature, I highly recommend you go check out Star Wars Explained, Force Center or Octo Radio. Those guys will sort you out proper. Now, on to the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, or as I like to call it, how Obi-Wan got his groove back, because that is very much the kind of the vibe running through this thing. It's uh, set 10 years after Revenge of the Sith, and if you look at it, you could pretty much say that it is a direct sequel to episode 3, in that it's got you know, Jimmy Smith's coming back, it's got Ewan McGregor, obviously, as Obi-Wan Kenobi, and then you got my man himself, Mr. Hayden Christensen, as Darth Vader, and a little cameo of Anakin Skywalker with episode two, uh, Padawan Braid. Top man. So that is why it's a little bit biased of me that this is my favorite Disney Plus show of Star Wars, I should say. Because it's the quote-unquote direct sequel to my favorite Star Wars film, which is Revenge of the Sith. So it makes sense. But, uh, you know, that's what it is. So, whatever. Just live with it, you know. And But what's interesting about it is, as much as I love this show and Revenge of the Sith and everything, originally when it came out or when there was rumblings about them doing the show or the idea of wanting to get Ewan McGregor back because literally as far back as the sale of um, Lucasfilm to Disney back in 2012 they immediately you know first off there was okay they're going to do the sequels and then right afterwards they were talking about okay we are going to do the Obi-Wan Kenobi movie because I think originally this was supposed to be a film which then became the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And then it was a whole thing of, will will or won't Ewan come back? And then Ewan had to lie and say like, well, if they offered it to me, I would certainly look at it. Meanwhile, you know, they'd been having talks for years and years and years. And they were just trying to get it right, get the timing right, the scripts, everything. But originally, when this was set in stone that it was coming out and it was going to have Darth Vader and he would be the main antagonist and what have you, I was apprehensive because I didn't see why the series was necessary, why it needed to be made. I didn't feel there was a story here that needed to be told. Uh, A lot of people have that issue with 
Solo a, a Star Wars story, which is completely unfounded and wrong, in my opinion. But I had that a little bit with this. Uh, I was like, isn't it wrong that Obi-Wan encounters Vader again because, you know, of what they say in A New Hope? Or, when I left you, I was but the learner, now I am the master. And it always felt to me that they had not seen each other in that 20 or 19 year gap, I should say. And my word, I could not have been more wrong. Because now I look at the show and I look at the story of Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi and I cannot imagine a scenario where this show and the story of this show doesn't exist with those characters because there's progression and there's loose ends that this show needed to tie up between those two characters and it really does of you know why why does Obi-Wan not carry guilt for um, what happened with Anakin and how does he kind of just get over it so quickly and why does he think that Anakin is more man than machine if the last time he saw him he was you know burning on the side of a volcanic river basically uh and you know all of that type of stuff and this show goes into it and then there's also you know other interesting questions canon things now that this show answers in terms of why did Leia name her child Ben? And I always wondered that. I was like, that's an odd choice because she didn't have a relationship of any kind with Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know, in the Legends books, uh, Luke names his kid Ben. It's Ben Skywalker. And that made sense to me because I was like, of course he would, you know, because, you know, Obi-Wan was his mentor. and But why would Leia do it? And this show answers that question in spades. It shows the relationship and the love that Leia had for uh, for Ben Kenobi. And it, it's so bittersweet in a way because of what happens with Ben Solo that she named her child Ben. But heartwarming at the same time. Now... Going into the characters of this show, what's interesting to look at about them is that, and it's kind of the theme of the show, if you will, is that each character is held back by their past or some guilt or some emotion from their past and they can't push forward. You know, so with Reva, the third sister, it's the death or the murder of her uh, Jedi family, her, her fellow kids at the temple by Darth Vader. And she wants to, you know, honor their, their memory by destroying Vader. And how she wants to do that is, you know, work her way up as an Inquisitor so that she can get close to Vader and then make that strike, um, which she does and she fails. But... She's held back by that emotion. She can't push through that and it's blinding her. And it's only when the f series ends and she sees that she's becoming the monster that she's fighting against in that she's about to murder a child. And that's what set her down this journey that she frees herself from Vader or from that past that's kept her so shackled for years and years and years. And the same thing with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi's, uh, you know, he's racked with guilt by what happened with Anakin. How he became Vader. Uh, when he's 
in the first episode when he's lying and he's having nightmares, it's interesting that the version of Anakin that he sees last is when Anakin is a boy and he's young, he's whatever, 10 years old. Because I truly feel that's where Obi-Wan has the most guilt is he let down that little boy and made him become this monster and had to... And because Obi-Wan thinks that he's killed that child, he's killed um, his best friend and uh, he can't he can't let go of that guilt and that's why he's cut himself off from the force and why he believes the Jedi should end much like Luke because he just can't get over that emotion and it's only when in a kind of a weird sense of irony that Vader sets him free by one of the most powerful scenes in all of Star Wars and one of my favorite scenes where you know Vader says to him you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker you know after Obi-Wan apologizes to him, Vader says to him, you know, I'm not your failure. You know, you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did. And that sets Obi-Wan free. And also who's shackled by the past as well is young little Leia because she is worried and and is churning around in her head about is she really she doesn't believe that she's a true organa and that she fits in because she's adopted and she's wondering about who her biological parents were and through that whole process learns that even though in a beautiful scene at the end Obi-Wan gives her a little bit of validation of saying who her parents were her biological parents and the traits that she has from each of them she says it's okay because she has her family in uh, Brea and Bail Organa. And ultimately, what this show is about, or the main theme, or the crux, if you will, is that I believe the show is about dealing with guilt and depression and confronting your past so that you become more powerful. And But maybe powerful is not the best word, but... You become connected. That's a better word. You become more connected with yourself, with the force, and everything around you than you have ever been. And this is very much illustrated with Obi-Wan Kenobi finally being able to communicate and see the the spirit of Qui-Gon Jinn. Because his connection to the force and himself has gotten to that point where he doesn't have that block anymore. And that's why... Qui-Gon says, you know, took you long enough, you know, because he knows Obi-Wan just needed to get through his funk. He needed to let go of his guilt and then he would be able to truly connect with the force. Now, I could break down the show further for you. We could go episode by episode looking at all the nuts and bolts and whatever and looking at specific scenes like some of my favorite scenes out of this show is when Obi-Wan Anytime, anytime Obi-Wan is talking about Padme, it, it warms my heart so much. Uh, the scene um, when they're getting a lift from Zach Braff on the planet uh, Mapuzo, Obi-Wan and Leia. And yes, that was Zach Braff playing the character of Frick, who turns them into the Empire. Like, not cool, Frick. Not cool, buddy. The scene where, you know, Obi-Wan's discussing his kind of his memory of 
his parents and of his brother, his baby brother. It's very reminiscent of uh, Leia's discussion with Luke in Return of the Jedi, where her memories of her mother and flashes and just images, and it's beautiful. Also, the flashback scene between uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin, the whole training episode from... uh, sequence i should say from episode five amazing stuff anytime you see a uh, hayden getting to do his little twill trademark twill lightsaber twill you know it's a good day another one is the the lightsaber fight between um and i don't want to make this all you know lightsaber go brr, but you have to uh the lightsaber fight between um reaver and darth vader with darth vader just absolutely schooling her and throwing the lightsaber back and you know it's just vader being an absolute punk and then like i mentioned up top possibly one of my favorite scenes in star wars is when obi-wan cracks open the helmet of vader and you see the eye of anakin and um yeah obi-wan apologizes to him and i swear for a moment there Anakin breaks through and Vader cracks. Anakin almost comes back to the light because they do a very interesting thing with blue and red light and the blue light comes over Anakin's eye, Vader's eye I should say, and there's a split second there where it almost like looks like he has a tear and what he says to, you know, Obi-Wan, I'm I'm not your failure, Obi-Wan. It's it's yeah, it's so powerful and yeah, that's why I absolutely adore this series. So I don't want to go too much into a breakdown, and that's kind of where I'm going to end it now with this. But what I implore you to do is, if you haven't seen the show, I have no idea why you're listening to this because I dropped a lot of spoilers. But go watch it. It's fantastic. Sit with it. Analyze it. Look at the story. And if you have watched the show, go watch it again. Go look at it through the lens of, what these characters are going through. What are they overcoming? How, where are they confronting their past? Because that's really what this is about. is about confronting your past. So yeah, highly recommend. Love this show to death. It's my favorite uh, Star Wars TV show. Starring my favorite actor. And uh, one of my favorite Star Wars characters. I still haven't zeroed in on who's my favorite Star Wars character yet. It's... Uh, It's too much all over the place. But yeah, that's uh, all we've got for today's episode of uh, Ramcast, a Star Wars episode. I thank you all for being here. Uh, Really kind of getting into the groove of the podcasting thing now and how it works and putting out the episodes and whatever. So it's, it's becoming very fun now. And I just wanted to thank all of you for coming with me on this journey. And I appreciate it. And I'm excited to see where it's going to go. Now, before I go, like I do on the main Ramcast channel, I'm going to leave you with a little something. And this is one of my favorite quotes from a piece of Star Wars literature. And it's uh, from Master and Apprentice, which was written by Claudia Gray. And it's a a quote from Qui-Gon Jinn. And I'll leave you with this. And he's talking about the Force. It matters which side we choose. Even if there will never be more light than darkness, 
even if there can be no more joy in the galaxy than there is pain, for every action we undertake, for every word we speak, for every life we touch, it matters. I don't turn toward the light because it means someday I'll win some sort of cosmic game. I turn towards it because it is the light. Thank you, everyone. Have a fantastic week ahead. And always remember, the Force will be with you. Always. Thank <laughs> you.